0: Welcome to Standard Chartered Money Insights, a podcast series by Standard Chartered Bank that brings you market views and insights on the go.
1: Hello and welcome to Standard Chartered Money Insights. My name is Marco Iacchini and I'm a cross-asset strategist for Standard Chartered Bank. On this episode of the podcast, we'll discuss the view from the Fed based on the latest meeting minutes released this week, what is happening in crypto markets, And lastly, we'll have an update on mainland Chinese shares. Joining me today for this conversation, I'm glad to welcome Manpreet Gill, Head of Fixed Income, Currencies and Commodities, and DJ Chong, our Investment Strategist. Without further ado, let's kick off today's podcast. Now, the latest crypto market moves have grabbed investors' attention, of course. Um, But how does one reconcile what is happening in the crypto markets with recent moves, let's say, in traditional financial markets, and, and when we combine that with m- macro data points like job and inflation, how does how does all that reconcile with the
2: Fed's plans, Manpreet? Hi, Marco. Uh, it, it has been a, a volatile week in crypto markets I- indeed. And and I think the common thread here is liquidity or at least the perception of how liquidity might evolve in the coming six to 12 months. But stepping back for a moment, uh, I I'd really have two takeaways uh, from what we saw in markets uh, in, in the past few days. Uh, first is just, you know, uh the importance of volatility. So it's absolutely true that, you know, uh, crypto assets have delivered some stunning returns over the past year since uh, the pandemic started. But at times, those stunning returns have come with almost equally stunning levels of volatility as the last week has demonstrated. So I think what's important is to say, you know, the last week has really demonstrated the value of taking market views, but within the context of a a relatively diversified allocation across, obviously, our traditional asset classes, um, as opposed to just blindly chasing the latest mania alone, uh, because when you start adjusting the returns you get for the volatility costs they come with, sometimes those sleepless nights, uh, you know, may not be, may not be worth it, uh, stand alone. The second point feeds to your question, uh, Marco on, on, on the Fed, um, because to some extent, you know, it's natural, uh, to question whether, you know, a taper is in the offing at some point, given that You know, vaccination rates are are now sort of uh, uh, looking increasingly sort of widespread and, you know, we're seeing economic reopenings and, of course, earnings come through. It's worth noting that some lesser known central banks like the Bank of Canada, the Bank of England have started tapering in, in some form or shape without really hurting sentiment or risky assets. But equally, of course, you know, the, the minutes from uh, the Fed, la- last Fed meeting did occur before the prior jobs data, which, if you recall, did disappoint uh, quite a bit. Plus, we have at least a couple of months of uh, statistical base effects on inflation numbers. So we need to get through those before we can really judge whether inflation is transitory. Overall, I think from an investor's perspective, where this leaves us is that look, we are still quite comfortable with risky assets like equity markets. Uh Because we don't, because the fundamentals are clearly improving from a growth and earnings perspective and the supportive policy backdrop does not seem to be, uh, you know, changing imminently. Uh, In the context of the last week itself, though, I think euro area assets are are beginning to stand out because, um, vaccinations were lagging in in the euro area, of course, but those have now begun to accelerate to a rate that's now matching what, what the U.S. did, uh, in its most rapid phase. Um, and if you look at a sector like financials, which is preferred, uh, which, in our view, you know, higher bond yields, uh, particularly longer maturities, can help earnings through wider margins, and of course, a weaker dollar can can support euro area performance, uh, you know, at a broader level. So um, that's sort of one area we'd look at, of um, you know, in the context of just the last week alone, uh, within our sort of positive view on risky assets.
1: Thanks, Manpreet. Now, staying with the Fed uh, a moment longer, um, I wanted to focus on the implications from the. Uh, Policy meeting minutes and and perhaps reading between the lines. But what do you see are the implications for bond markets, uh, particularly U.S. Treasury yields, but also outside of the U.S.?
2: Well, I think it's interesting that I think some of the comments that came through the minutes uh, were different to what Chair Powell told us uh, recently, that it was too early to talk about talking about tapering. Uh, but what we got from the Fed minutes was some talking about tapering. Uh, talking about tapering. Um, and like I said, it, it, it's not sort of coming as a surprise when you sort of compare it with some of the improvements in recent data. But equally, I think we need to balance it with, as we noted, the fact that we, you know, since that time, we got a, say, a significant disappointment in, in the jobs data uh, number. And it's still going to take us a couple of months for statistical base effects inflation to to sort of run their course and for us to really get a, a good feel of, you know, some of the supply chain disruptions, whether they're equally transitory or whether there's a risk that inflation could, could be somewhat longer lasting. Now, for bond markets, in our view, it doesn't really change our baseline view that ten-year uh, treasury yields, uh, you know, stay in about the one fifty to one seventy-five range. Of course, you can have short-lived overshoots, but there is technical resistance at about one seventy-seven to one seventy-eight. So, you know, uh, short-lived spikes, yes, but nothing of the sort we experience when you know the first sort of real surge in in, in bond yields. So, overall, uh, of course, if we get any tapering that's sooner than expected uh, or more quicker. Uh, more quickly than expected, that, of course, you know, could raise some upside risk. But on balance, we think that sort of view on tenure year is quite consistent with our preference for uh, US dollar-denominated emerging market bonds, whether that's more broad at the EM dollar government level or, of course, uh, on Asia dollar-denominated bonds.
1: Brilliant. Uh, that's a fantastic answer. Um, thank you, Manpreet. Now, let's move over to DJ. Um, macro and Fed aside, The elephant in the room here seems to be what's happening with crypto assets and uh, and the recent sell-off. What can you tell us about what has happened and what has sparked the recent sell-off and what should investors do about it? Hi, Marco. First and foremost, great to be back here again. I think with
0: all the headlines around the recent crash in digital assets, we believe it will not spark a rush of liquidations in traditional financial assets. Why? The main reason here is really institutional adoption is too light. And that could help mitigate contagion fears. To understand how this line of reasoning works, we first need to look at um, you know several potential catalysts for the recent crash. Firstly, China's PBOC reiterated that digital tokens cannot be used as a form of payment. Secondly, in the US... The new Office of the controller of the Currency has requested a review of digital assets and cryptocurrency policies. And lastly, the now well-known tweets from Elon Musk were also likely to blame. So putting all these factors together, we believe a backdrop of leverage across various crypto asset brokers may have added fuel to the fire, with several reports suggesting forced liquidations by both leverage and retail investors, following margin costs, and that largely contributed to the drawdowns over the past few days. The slump in cryptocurrencies could possibly dent resentment in the near term, uh, benefiting gold, but we see limited risk of contagion to broader financial markets as a whole. As Manpreet alluded earlier, for investors seeking an allocation to cryptocurrencies, we believe exposure should be considered in inverse proportion to the volatility. Now, for more details on that, please see our 360 Degrees Perspectives publications, which will talk about the future of digital
1: assets. Thanks, DJ. Definitely an interesting point on volatility. Uh, It was quite gut-wrenching at some points. So it's definitely worth, as you and Manpreet have mentioned, having a look at uh, always considering a diversified broad asset allocation and how that fits in the context of the allocation. Now, lastly, to finish with some color on equities, We noticed that below the noise uh, that was caused by the weakness in tech and growth-related stocks, China mainland shares have actually been fairly resilient. What is your take on this area of the markets, and should investors consider allocating to China A shares?
0: So the answer to that question is that we believe China A shares do offer an interesting tactical opportunity, given the recent break above resistance at around 5180, as well as the bounce from its 200-day moving average. Yes, recent price action provides some confirmation that the uptrend may have resumed, but the path higher will unlikely be a smooth one. Now on that note, we are also seeing some stabilization in fundamentals of late. We know Chinese onshore equities have been pricing in policy tightening risks, as well as a peak in the domestic economic cycle. So a lot of these factors may already be in the price, in our view. Uh, In short, China will likely avoid over-tightening as its policy continues to emphasize stability, um, and that means limiting monetary and fiscal excesses. Now, long story short, Chinese equities remain a core holding, meaning we expect them to perform in line with Asia x Japan equities. And within China, we maintain our preference for Chinese onshore equities, given their heavier weights to value-oriented stocks. In short, the rotation from growth to value sectors remains very much in play.
1: Thanks, DJ. And thanks again, Manpreet, for joining our conversation today. That is all for this episode of Standard Chartered Money Insights. If you would like to learn more or read our publications, please visit our website at sc.com under Latest Market Insights. As a reminder, if you enjoyed our discussion, please rate and review us wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for joining us and goodbye.